0: Well, welcome to the Cup for Time podcast here at the Canton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Clay. I'm joined by Eric Stearns. And we're going to be digging into my message from Sunday, which was on the idea of God giving us daily bread. What does it mean for us to rely on God every single day for the provisions that we do need? And so we'll be talking about some times where we've experienced that in life and for, for real. Um, and then just what that has to do with us as people of faith. So let's get into it. So as a member of a different household, Eric is bread as big is bread as big of a deal in your house as it is in our house. Are we are we the weird one? Oh, yeah.
1: We're trying really hard to not have noodles at every meal, but man, it's almost every meal. I mean, because it just works with kids. It like does. They'll actually eat it. I I realize that it's not always the healthiest thing, but hey, if you put meat in a sauce and put it on a noodle, they have way better chance of eating it than if you just have meat separate. So very true. I'll take it.
0: That is very true. Yes. Yeah. The question that gets asked in our house a lot is, you know, what do you guys want for, for, for supper? And the answer is almost always mac and cheese and like, every time always do that. But um the, yeah just that happened just today um but one of our kids said cheeseburgers one of our kids said mac and cheese and we just so happened to have leftover macaroni um uh, cheeseburger macaroni and cheese in the fridge so well there you go everybody wants the world yeah
1: <laughs> yes mac and cheese is often requested we don't give it to them nearly as much as they would like us to but same same but yeah no bread bread is a staple um buying Multiple loaves every time. It just, yes, we fly through it.
0: That's good. I'm glad we're not the weird ones. I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll take that. I guess one of the things I joked about at the start of the sermon was um, you know, just th- that this phrase is short um and can lead to it being a boring sermon. And, you know, I I said mm-hmm. I, hope, I hope that wasn't what's gonna happen, but you know, I'll have to hear it at the end of church and see how people what people thought um so as one that has listened to the sermon eric were you bored
1: no i was not bored no nope. perfect it kept me engaged on my way home today so that was good sometimes my mind tends to wander so you did a good job good deal but did you do a straw poll with the, the rest of the congregation no
0: i didn't i should have but i didn't know it was kind of just the mad dash from after worship into bible study and so oh sure uh, yep so, but we had a good conversation in Bible study afterwards about about the sermon, but also then just about what we are talking about in, in Bible study. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know that, yeah, no, I mean this phrase is just one of those things that I mean, like I said on Sunday, part of it is just the literal truth of we recognize that God is the one that is providing. Um, you know that that it is God that that provided. Throughout Israel's history, um, and it is also God who provided Jesus in the first place. And then through Jesus, um, you know, God provided more uh, and abundantly more and, and just in our in our own lives. One of the questions I do have is just has there ever been a time in your life where you've just really like recognized the fact that it is like the provision of God um, that, that that came through for you? Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a time where you really just, you know, where that daily bread has been just something that was so tangible for you?
1: I don't have a good answer to that question specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, Or, you know, one, one specific instance, but I always think about with this portion of the Lord's prayer is, is um, farming in general. Mm. And we, and we've talked about this before, but you shove a crop in the you shove seed in the ground, sometimes in dry ground. Right. And all you can do is pray that it comes through. Mm. You know, I remember 2012, we had a drought. It was the worst drought we've had in, in my memory, I think probably in dad's memory too, or very close to it. Sure. He's done that for, you know, he's farmed for 40 some years, but, um, in 2013, it was, the spring was still dry and I can remember I was out mm. tilling a field and dad said, stop, because I don't want to, I don't want to till up the topsoil so much that we have almost, you know, zero moisture. And he was already worried about what we had tilled that there'd be zero moisture and the crop would grow. Well, Right. on well, the whole 2013 was one of the best years I've ever had. Mm. And so it's just, you know. Yes, there are times in our lives, just think about it. there are times in our lives that things don't go as we planned. You know, in 2012, we can say, well, God didn't provide for us because we didn't have, we right. didn't have a good harvest. Right. But we were never hungry.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we, there was a large part of the United States, you know, corn belt that it was terrible. And yet we were fine. Right. You know, just think about it. And then we had a great year in 2013. Mm. So what we, you know, what we lost the year before was made up for. And I, to me, that's a God thing. That's the only, you know, the only, um, reasoning that I have. Sure. Because yeah, nothing else. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. I mean, we had, you know, on average, we'll have 180 bushel corn. Okay, on an average year, 170 to 180, we had 30 of corn in 2012. You know, and or even this year, you know, I've thought about this year, this past year a lot too. We had very little rain, mm-hmm. um, especially during. You know, we we got we got the most opportune rains all summer long, and there's no reason we had to crop the way we did other than. Uh, um other than what God can provide to us. And, and, and yes, it is the genetics of the seed that we have developed.
0: Right. Yeah. But, but
1: once again, it comes back to God gives the ability to develop those genetics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and and those rains still came out. Those opportune rains still came and we were able to harvest a, a decent crop. Right. So my my metaphor for God providing is always farming. And I think it's probably just because that's what I've grown up with, and I still do. Yeah. Um, there's just so much out of our control with farming that is the only thing that makes sense.
0: Hmm.
1: I don't know. If that's my that's my personal opinion. How about for yeah. you?
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. I just think that there is there is so much faith involved with the act of farming. I mean, you're absolutely right. And just you know, and noticing in the midst of that the way that God provides. Yeah. Yep. I'll never forget. It was probably, it was 2017. Um, I was serving Burke Herrick and um, it was in August that was just punishingly hot and just everything was dry. And it was, it had been a decent spring and a decent summer, early summer for rain, but then it's getting in the middle of August and the rains aren't coming and things are getting dry and people are getting really stressed out. We're not being very nice to be around anymore. Um And then just one Saturday morning and just absolutely uncorked, just the most gorgeous two and a half inches you'd ever seen, just the perfect rain. And I walked into church on Sunday and a little guy named David, who's now in middle school, which makes me very sad because he shouldn't be that old, um, comes and just says, my dad says that was a $10,000 rain. And I was like, your dad is right. I I know what just happened. Your dad is absolutely right, you know, because that's going to be the difference between what are we going to do and we are going to run our harvest and do the best we can. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So one experience that comes to mind for me um, happened during my freshman year of college. Um, I had kind of been, Um, a little bit uh, thrown into the deep end of ministry, campus ministry Um, because during my first semester I was attending a Bible study on campus and then about three quarters of the way through that first semester, the guy that was running the Bible study pulled me aside for a cup of coffee and said, hey, um, by the way I'm leaving school to be a missionary in China um, and so someone needs to lead the Bible study and we voted for you and I was like, oh (laughs) cool never done that before i don't know what i'm doing but we'll we'll sure we'll see what happens and uh ended up doing that for you know about three quarters of the spring semester and then it was just one of those like crazy crappy weeks where like i was in band and chorus and so we had to go out and do tour and um we had some other stuff going on and had some big tests going on and like you could just tell that i was absolutely just to the top of stress and just about to just throw everything out the window. Um, and a friend of mine that was a part of the Bible study came and just said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, no, 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 Are you okay? You know, and she was, she's just like, I can tell that this is just a lot for you right now. And so what would you say if I were just to lead the Bible study next week? Just get that off your plate entirely. And just, you know, that's one less thing to worry about because I know this stretch is crazy right now. And like just the care of that person in that moment was just such a, just such a relief for me. And then also just such a, uh, a, just such a proof of God's provision because that really was just like, that was just like getting something that refreshed me to the point that I could continue. Like it was, it was daily, it was daily bread. It was what it was that, that idea of sustaining me in the midst of a hard time. And yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of that, the care and concern of people around me.
1: So how about as a pastor, when you're always called to care for others, and that can be extremely exhausting, what kind of sustains you through those moments? Yeah. Um, or how does God provide for you during those moments?
0: hmm Yeah. So I have really, really good colleagues and friends. Um, you know, I so there, there was a season of ministry Um, just kind of in previous appointments where just things were like, there's normal church, like drama and just normal church, like busy. This was beyond that. Um, and what happened ended up happening is I had a friend and pastor colleague, um, that would text me every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. Like she would set an alarm in her phone to send me a text and just remind me that I'm being prayed for. And then she would pray for me. And like, you know, just that that simple act of someone caring. And like it was it wasn't just like, you know, for the first month or so, or just a couple times, it was just every single Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. I just knew that that text was coming. I knew that someone cared in that situation for me in the midst of it. Um, you know, and so um, that, that has been extremely powerful um, and something that I have sought to, to return and pay forward um, because there are other friends and colleagues that go through crazy stuff too, because the church is sometimes um, a hard place to navigate um, when you're in leadership. But yeah, that's definitely like what comes to mind immediately when I think about the, the being cared for in the midst of, of caring, um, kind of that idea of, of, a, of being the pastor to the pastor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I mean there's another there's another colleague now who is a district superintendent that very much has that that mantle of ministry upon himself. Um he really sees himself in that role and um he and I have have stayed connected through through prayer and through text messages like that before too where he's just you know <laughs> Yeah, like he's like I said he's a DS now and this is this is the time when uh, when when our cab- cabinet starts to meet to appoint pastors to new um appointments and I've definitely reached out to him and just said, "Hey, thinking of you." And I just know that there are some hard conversations coming and just even though I don't like I don't know the details of those. I don't know where those hard conversations are happening. I just know that based on it being appointment season that hard conversations are happening. Um and so mm-hmm. I was able to I'm able to pay that forward since I have, since I know how powerful that has been for me, I'm able Mm -hmm. to pay
1: forward. Right. How about when you're called to, I don't know, a tough situation or maybe a tough sermon that you just don't know what to say. How do you figure out what to say or what to do or or what is that God moment like?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's sometimes incredibly challenging. I mean, like, take, for instance, um, you know, we when I served in Burke, we went through a tornado, um, you know, and, like, <coughs> we were one of the only places in town with power, and we were the biggest space left, and so our, our building was being used and utilized left and right, and it's absolutely the right thing to do. So I, I knew Sunday was coming, and so you got to say, you got to do something. You know, you got to say mm-hmm. something and just, you know... Um, yeah, I just, that is such a moment where like, just really just leaning on God in prayer and saying, I don't know. I know we need to do something. I know we need to say something. We're not going to be able to just, you know, ignore this community altering thing that just happened. God, give me the words. I mean, just, just truly, truly give me the words. Um, yeah, and I was inspired that Sunday specifically. I was inspired by uh, another pastor that I, whose sermons I listened to on a on a, on a regular basis, uh, Nadia bowles weber Um, she was the the pastor at House for All Sinners and Saints in Denver, Colorado, uh, Lutheran congregation in Denver. Um, and their congregation had gone through something kind of traumatic, and um, she just took one of the Psalms as kind of her, um, you know, kind of her model of of, of sermon that day, and. I was able to kind of recreate some of that spirit in the message. And, you know, I, I, I feel like it went really well. It was, it was received very well by the congregation and the community. And just, you know, that was definitely totally not, it was totally not my thing. It was definitely a God thing and definitely just, you know, God working through whatever this is to, you know, to make, to make something good come from it yeah yeah that's mean, and it's it, it, it is just relying on god and, and going to god in prayer and just you know that's where that we were talking last week that's where that listening part becomes so important i'm just you know making myself open and available to a movement of the spirit and then waiting in silence and expectation that it's going to happen and then you know sitting down and writing and praying over that and sending it to a friend and saying what do I do with this? And is this, is this okay? And kind of giving, you know, kind of relying on that strength of community again, you know, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, A lot of it's just people having the support of friends and family to get you through. That's why, that's why we're called to not be alone. Right. Yep.
0: Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know it was in a different context, but there's a reason why, you know, when when God made Adam and put him in the garden and didn't have the Adam didn't have a helper, you know, God told humanity that it wasn't good for, for for humanity to be for humanity to be alone. You know, and so he gave him a romantic partner, which is how we usually talk about that text, but it still just is not good for humans to be alone. We are we are communal people. Um, a professor that's taught at both USF and Sioux Falls Seminary, Stan Grenz. Uh, wrote a book about how we are just hardwired for community, and like looked at the, the the theology of community and and how we reflect the nature of God when we are in community with each other.
1: One thought that came across my mind um, this week, and I don't know if we can talk about it, maybe or not, but um, was the passions that we have been given by God and how that sustains us and gets us to wake up in the morning and, and, um, keeps us going, you know, without, without purpose, we don't want to do anything. Right. Right. And so I think that's another way, you know, that God feeds us or we, Mm -hmm. we feed off of certain things. Right. I listen to podcasts and stuff and they talk about and it just even in our own hiring, like mm. people care less about the amount of money they're going to make if they have purpose. Yes. And I think that's huge in knowing that what we do has an impact on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of along the lines of, you know, communal um, and, and being with others, but to really have an impact on others and how yeah. that um the ability that God gives us to have impact on others really we really feed off of, mm-hmm. and is really uh, something that helps us help sustain us. And I think you know when, when we talk about daily bread, that daily drive that we have to help, I think is just something that God gave us, and we should really be thankful for. It
0: strikes me that the phrase in the prayer is "Give us this day." So it's the, it's 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 a it's a communal prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, not not just give me my daily bread. Again, just like how we've seen in the last couple of, fr- of phrases with the with the thy will be done and the thy kingdom come and thy hallowed be thy name. This is still that same energy of this prayer pushes us outward. It helps us to really claim our communal reality. Like we are not just single Christians doing this faith life on our own. We are the body of Christ. We are a communal people. You know, and so when we're talking about our daily bread, it's like, nah, yeah, this is something that sustains all of us. Okay. The only thing I wish would have that would have gone differently, because sometimes it works out really well that like a message like this is paired with communion, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, but because this is the bread. This is the bread sermon because of how the prayer is, la- is laid out and because of where Lent is and because of how the sermon series got planned. I probably could have like bumped up communion a week and done communion mm-hmm. last week or done it this last weekend this coming week because we do it on the first Sunday of the month but like it's the only thing I wish we would have done differently and it's entirely my you know doing or whatever or not doing or whatever Um, but just that I think that would have brought it home a little bit more solidly but
1: yeah, no I get that it ties together nicely and you can just kind of segue right into your breaking, breaking bread and everything else and just the the transition works really well, and cleaning yeah. the presentation's nice. And...
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Oh, I can picture it. I get it. Well, let's talk about next week. What uh, what do we have on the docket for next week?
0: Yeah. So we are going to be jumping. Um, the The next uh, phrase that we're going to be looking at is uh, "Lead us not into temptation, um, but deliver us from evil." Um, and so it'll be the idea of um, that phrase reads funny because it sounds like we're telling god to like that god would that god would lead us into temptation if we didn't ask him not to you know we're saying lead us not into temptation um mm-hmm. yeah I never thought of it that know. way yeah so like it, it it's just kind of it reads funny but like that's not what it means like god will not lead us into temptation just because um there mm-hmm. are times when we are tempted don't get me wrong there are times when we are tempted but that's not. That's more of when we're when we're leading us. When we're leading us and how we would want to be led. That's when we fall into temptation. God does not look for opportunities to, you know, tempt us, but rather, you know, we are we are asking God to truly, truly lead us. Um, so we're gonna be digging into that reality of what it means to be led by God, um, and just you know, um, the different ways that that means that we have to yield um, to what God wants sometimes. And, um, yielding is hard. So
1: sounds good. Yeah. I was just going to mention, I, I appreciate you going through something like this. And we kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago too, but just something that we do from memory that we don't really think about what we're saying. I appreciate going through it in more detail and really thinking about the words and what they mean. Cause like, like you just said, I never thought of it that way, but when right. you actually read the literal sentence, that's ex- you know that that's how it reads. And yes. so, I appreciate you stepping through all of this. Thanks for joining us on this week's Cut for Time podcast. Join us again next week at ten a.m. on Church on Facebook Live, or for the podcast next week.
0: Thanks for listening to our Cut for Time conversation. Join us for worship in person or on Facebook Live Sundays at ten o'clock Central Time. And now go in peace and serve the Lord.